You're listening to The Peak Podcast with me, Christina Roman. We're having real, intimate conversations about the interconnectedness of life. Join us as we discuss big topics like intuition, personal mastery, and emotional wellness and why they matter for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Peak Podcast. You guys actually just missed my testing of my mic, which I like to do by singing. It is very, very great singing. <laughs> um, anyway, I am here again for another solo episode. And uh, for a little bit of context, I have released a fair amount of the episodes already. So we're about halfway through season one, a little more than halfway. And all of the episodes are recorded. So as I've been recording episodes and then releasing them, I've had a lot of thoughts about the whole experience of podcasting, and I've been taking some notes about what I've learned and how I'm practicing what I preach through podcasting. And so I thought that I could round that all up into one nice little observational podcast for you guys. So obviously, in my case, it's a podcast, but you could apply this to your life with any big thing that really scares the shit out of you. Reminder, we do have an explicit rating. I definitely am going to curse in this episode probably more than usual. Um, it just feels like part of the story. So take it and take the lessons and apply it to whatever you're working on in your life. So if you know me in real life, you know two things. I love all things meta. So this is a perfect example of that is using the podcast as a case study for principles and theories that I'm working on in life coaching. And I really love Venn diagrams. I don't really know if the Venn diagram thing is going to be relevant in this episode, but I just think that they're a really awesome tool for good thinking. So just putting that out there, two things I love. <laughs> so I actually had a failed attempt at starting a podcast in 2014. And so I got as far as recording several episodes with a few pretty big name people, and I never actually launched the podcast. And so I have had to do a lot of work around my thinking that I don't follow through on things well and that I'm not committed to things. I've had to really change that thought process and in turn change my feelings and my actions and my results. And so I've basically self-coached a lot on this idea that I do have the capability of following through. And so that is the first lesson here is that I failed at a podcast in 2014 and I am here recording a podcast episode that is 100% going to go live now in 2019. So that is, I guess, first lesson is the idea that failing is part of the process. So they always say failing is not the opposite of success. It is the process of success. And so I just want to let you sit with that one for a minute. So once I decided that I was for sure going to start a podcast now in 2019 as part of my coaching business, I was really particular about the way that I went about things. So before I had recorded a bunch of episodes, but I couldn't kind of get it together on the technical side. And so what I did was I inverted the process this time around and I decided I need to have a really solid technical framework in order to then reward myself by doing the interviews. And so once I got the technical piece sorted out, then I allowed myself to start reaching out to potential guests. And so that was another lesson for me was if there's a obstacle or a stumbling block, for me tackling that first and then rewarding myself with the fun, easy part was the best way to go about that. So one thing that I've been experiencing in life coaching in general, but also within the podcast, is this idea of 
expectations of myself and perceived expectations from other people. So what I didn't anticipate was that as a life coach, I would feel like I should have the right answer at any given time and that I should always be living a really incredible life in order to be practicing what I preach at all times. I didn't really anticipate the pressure that I would put on myself because of that, but that's been something that I've been working with and frankly somewhat struggling with in the past few months. And so I've decided to use that and use that as fuel and use that as learning experiences. And so I take a lot of the lessons that I'm learning, I put them into the podcast, I put them into my emails, and I am trying to be an example of someone who is showcasing struggles and not just the shiny, bright Instagram side of life. So in that vein, I will say podcasting has been the single most challenging thing that I have done in a very, very long time. It is all of my fears and doubts and hangups and shortcomings and all that good stuff wrapped into one package. I did not anticipate how much I would struggle with it, but it has been really intense for me. So I felt really vulnerable. And so one thing that makes me self-conscious is my voice. So I have had people since listening to my podcast tell me that I have a voice meant for radio, which I think is a compliment, (laughs) but I don't believe it. I'm self-conscious about the depth and originality of my ideas. And I feel like I'm putting out some ideas that are not super mainstream, maybe a little cutting edge and maybe a little bit confronting at times. So I think if you're to sum all of that up, I have a lot of trouble owning my story and owning the message that I want to put out into the world. And I can always think of somebody's potential negative response. And so that that insight into potential negative responses does help guide me. And I think it helps me address some potential objections that people might have while listening. But at the same time, it does hold me back and it does keep me really self-conscious about what I'm trying to put out in the world. It's a balancing act. I want to be really open to people's opinions, and I also want to be able to stand strong in the opinions that I've thought through a lot and taken time to form. So in the words of my dear, dear mother, she always says, it's another fucking growth opportunity. (laughs) Um, So we always use that phrase when we're talking about things that are just really hard for us and that are really forcing us to learn. And that is what this podcast has been, another fucking growth opportunity. There's an exercise in life coaching that I really love, which is to ask a client, what are the top three emotions that you feel on a regular basis? And then you ask the client, what are the top three feelings you would like to feel on a regular basis? And so I encourage you to to work through this as you listen. But then the follow-up question is, what if you were to take one of those top three emotions and on purpose choose and quote unquote negative productive emotion. And so that is often discomfort. And so discomfort has a bad reputation, but it is also something that really pushes you forward. And it is something that's often very, very necessary to get to a goal that makes you uncomfortable. And so that was a big mind bender for me is this idea that I could purposefully choose to be uncomfortable as part of my podcasting experience and that that could open up a lot of opportunity for me. Because if I'm only talking about things that I'm very, very comfortable with, I'm never going to push the envelope. I'm never going to break boundaries and I'm never going to present anything that's maybe going to help people think differently. So that exercise was really big for me within podcasting. 
And another concept in life coaching is this idea that once you are willing to be with any emotion, everything changes. So if you think about how much time and energy you currently spend avoiding negative emotions like discomfort or rejection, those are big ones for me, it really blows your mind to think that if you didn't avoid those feelings, how much would open up for you? And so sometimes it's the anticipation of those feelings that just stops us from creating. Disappointment is another big one. People say, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your expectations up. You don't want to feel disappointed. And so they basically prevent themselves from ever feeling disappointment because that is so scary to think of being in that place where you feel disappointed. But once you say to yourself, hey, I might launch a podcast and I may have zero listeners. And once you're open to that possibility of how disappointed you might feel, but that you can be there with that disappointment, you're open to it. It's amazing. It's a total game changer. So I worked through all of that on my side. I said, what if this is uncomfortable? And spoiler alert, it is. What if people reject me? What if people reject my ideas? What if I'm disappointed by the number of downloads? And once I worked through that I was willing to feel all of those things, I was able to create this podcast. Another big thing that I've been practicing what I preach is living in line with my values. And so I'm going to do a whole nother podcast episode on values. But one thing that keeps coming up for me from my intuition is the idea of integrity. And so I'm going to get in depth on integrity in the other podcast episode. But if you look at the etymology of the word integrity, people always think of it as being honest. And so I have always thought of it as honesty, but my intuition, basically my inner voice added in, well, yeah, it's that, but it's also showing up whole. So if you look at the word integrity as being integral, that means whole. So my intuition is so smart. Um, and so I've really come to this place where I want to show up as my whole self. And admittedly, there are times on the podcast that I don't think fully encompass who I am as a person. Um, I think the biggest missing piece for me is the total lightness and goofiness and silliness that I exhibit in my life. But I think you guys see a little bit of that, and I'm going to try to keep incorporating that more and more. But anyway, that's a value is showing up whole. It's really important to me to not make it seem like this is wrapped up in a beautiful little bow. But I will say that I have kind of come out on the other side of things in terms of my podcast. And so I always joke with my friends that I need a lot of positive reinforcement, um, a lot of words of affirmation. That is my love language. And so I have always thrived off of that my whole life. And so when it came to this podcast, I wanted a lot of positive feedback. But what I realized, I actually had this kind of beautiful unfolding where I was getting positive reinforcement, but I didn't actually feel it. So people would say things and I'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. I don't I don't care because I'm, I'm uncomfortable and self-conscious and I feel terrible about this podcast. And it was really cool because I had to – get to a place where I respected myself and I honored myself and my commitment to this podcast and I liked what I was saying in order to fully appreciate what other people were saying. So I describe it now as I made the cake. <laughs> this is an analogy that comes from my sister, actually. I made this beautiful, delicious cake and that was my self-esteem and that was my worth that I have figured out and gotten to a place where I can appreciate it. And then all the compliments that people give me about the podcast and all the positive reinforcement is awesome and I appreciate it so much and it's the icing on the cake. I don't need it, but it's an amazing addition. 
So I think if you can think of your life as cake and icing, so again, shout out to my sister, it really helps you see that you have this thing that is beautiful in and of itself, but then you can add on top of it. So the way that we actually used to use the analogy was a relationship is your life on your own should be a beautiful, delicious cake. But a relationship should be the icing. It makes it even better and it amplifies it. But you could eat the cake without the icing too. So may that analogy stick with you. Another concept that I absolutely love from life coaching is the idea of strategic byproducts. And so strategic byproducts are the things that happen in your life when you decide to go after something big or set a big goal. It's all those unintended things that come into your life because of your bravery and your courage towards taking steps towards a goal. And so I have had the coolest strategic byproducts as a result of starting this podcast. So first and foremost, I think you hear me joke on pretty much every single episode that I'm using my guests for my own wisdom, (laughs) my own circumstances. So I'm always getting career advice or I'm getting financial advice. And so I absolutely am learning so much from my guests. Uh, It's also giving me an opportunity to really hone in on my beliefs and my, my theories and my principles. So that's been big. But I've also had people from earlier in my life come out of the woodwork to talk to me about the podcast episodes. And I've been able to re-engage with a lot of those people. That was such a corporate term, re-engage. But I've been able to reform friendships um, with people I've lost touch with. And so it's been so fun to see who I've reconnected with. Another strategic byproduct is I had a chance to host a podcast happy hour. And so that was such a cool opportunity to see everybody that I love in DC in one place um, and be able to celebrate the podcast. So I loved that opportunity. And I've also been able to connect with the amazing podcast manager who is listening to this right now. And so Kaylee, do not edit this out. I want everyone to hear my compliments about you. And I hope you feel a little embarrassed right now. (laughs) Um, But I've been able to be coached by Kaylee unofficially. He has amazing wisdom for me when I am working on episodes and when I'm releasing them and is able to really talk me down on a lot of the things that make me really self-conscious and offer me really valuable perspectives. So I feel very, very thankful to have him as my podcast manager. And it makes me really glad that I stuck with it. And I really had to coach myself through bringing on an amazing team member. And I'm so glad that I did. So thank you, Kaylee. And it has given me an excuse to talk to people. So I've opened up a lot of really interesting conversations with people just by nature of having a podcast. And I am guilty of casually slipping into conversations sometimes. I'm like, oh, I mentioned that on my podcast. And then people are like, oh, you have a podcast? I'm like, huh, that's right. <laughs> um, no, it's it's a fun conversation starter for sure. Another random strategic byproduct that I didn't know would be valuable to me is that my ear has gotten better. And so I've always joked that I have a terrible ear and just am not musically inclined. I I think I have shitty hearing. But I have had to really hone in on my hearing. So you guys have heard me talk about the five senses. I've had to really pay more attention to that when I record with guests because if their audio's off, then I have to notice it so that we get better audio quality. And that's just something that I never anticipated that I'd be able to do. And so actually Kaylee, the podcast manager, he mentioned sometimes that my ear has gotten a lot better in that I've been able to handle audio issues with my guests better. 
I don't know how that's going to serve me in life, but I will say it is pretty empowering to be able to do something and have a skill that I didn't think I had before just by being present and paying attention. Okay, I want to dive into each of the different episodes that have been released so far and just talk a little bit about my updated thoughts on them and about some of the feedback that I've received. So I thought that that would be interesting to basically do a post-mortem on the episodes. So the first episode that came out was with Liz, who is a career coach. And so Liz and I have been collaborating together even more since that podcast episode came out. I think it was a really, really fun opportunity for us both to be able to have a really interesting, engaging, casual conversation that flowed really easily. And we actually supported each other a lot through the pain and the discomfort of releasing it. So we actually had a really long phone call just talking through like, what does this look like? And how how can we be good stewards of the information that we have? How can we remember that not everybody knows the same things that we know? And how can we be open to different people's opinions um, and different people's experiences and not come across like total know-it-alls? Because she actually mentions that on the episode as well, is not wanting to come across like she knows everything. So That was amazing to record that episode. And then the feedback that I've gotten, the biggest feedback has been that people have done the values exercise with their careers that Liz mentions within the episode. So that's in the show notes. So if you go to peakcoaching.co slash one, you'll be able to see the show notes for that episode and get that values exercise that's been helpful for a lot of people. The second episode, so peakcoaching.co slash two is where you're going to find this one, is about morning pages. And I always joke that I call everything life-changing, but morning pages has been completely life-changing for me and now for other people as well. So I feel like an evangelist of morning pages, but I've had so many people reach out to me and say that they've either started morning pages or that they've started morning pages again and that it's been really eye-opening for them and a really good way to set their intentions in the morning. And then I posted on Instagram about this, actually. So it's Instagram. My Instagram handle is cmroman. And I talked about the paradox of morning pages. And I wanted to apply this paradox to more than just morning pages, which is this idea that in morning pages, you both have to fully be open to the idea that something is going to bust wide open, that you're going to be writing and writing and writing. And all of a sudden, you're going to get some giant insight. But the paradox is you can't be attached to that outcome. So you have to be open to the outcome, but not attached to the outcome. And I talk about how that paradox is in every single aspect of life. So I think that paradox is in your relationships and it's in your career and it's in buying a house. It's in everything is you have to be completely open to it, but not attached to it. Um, And I inevitably hear someone going, yeah, but how? (laughs) Um, The how, I can't tell you for yourself. I think it's one, just being aware of the paradox and then asking yourself and asking your intuition, how can I make peace with this paradox of being open to things but not attaching to them? So report back with what you find. So the third episode, so petecoaching.co slash three was with Christy, who is my hypnotherapist. And I've gotten some really incredible feedback on that. I know people who now want to do hypnotherapy. But then there's also just a lot of people who've gotten some good takeaways about little exercises and thought work that they can apply outside of hypnotherapy. So that was my biggest thing that I wanted from that episode was even if someone's not interested in doing hypnotherapy, they can still benefit from the episode. 
peakcoaching.co slash four is about intuitive work. And so that was one of the best episodes that I wanted to create. Um, it was, it's really at the heart of all the work that I do is tapping into your intuition. And so big shout out to Jess Lively. So I mentioned her in the show notes, but she is the one who introduced me to this concept that we can really dialogue with the inner voice that's within us. And it's mind-blowing. The answers that you get from within yourself that you didn't know you had will blow your mind. Guaranteed. If you stick with it, guaranteed. Episode five was with Bill Rose, the pastor, so petecoaching.co slash five, and it was a really interesting conversation. The best feedback that I got about that episode was that it was a really cool, open conversation between two people who have very different belief systems but very similar values, and so I'm not religious, but Bill is a pastor, and I just wanted to open up some conversation about the church, about stigmas, about religion, about intuition, and so we talked about a lot of different elements within that, and I I loved that episode, which I loved all of them, so <laughs> fair warning. PeteCoaching.co slash six is called 85% More Sober, which is a little bit of a facetious title, but it's basically how I calculated and I figured out that I had reduced my alcohol consumption by 85%. I got to be honest, I didn't realize how much I wanted to reduce my drinking. So I had thought about it for a really long time. I say that in the episode. But recently, since the episode aired, I've been going back to some old letters that I wrote and to some old journals. And I realized... I had talked about reducing my alcohol consumption so much, but now that I've done it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was easy. Yeah, whatever. It just kind of happened. And I look back, I'm like, oh, no, I've been creating that somewhere in my mind for a year plus, which was so interesting. So that's my reminder to you to write down things that you want and somehow they have a way of making themselves happen. It took action on my part, but the action didn't feel that hard because I'd already set in motion the thoughts behind it. So I have a little exercise called Wouldn't It Be Nice If in my workbook. And so Wouldn't It Be Nice If is a way to write down all of those crazy big ideas that you have. Wouldn't it be nice if I lived in a three-bedroom house? Wouldn't it be nice if my eye twitch went away? (laughs) That was one that I wrote. Wouldn't it be nice if I got a promotion? Wouldn't it be nice if I launched a podcast? And I think I say this in my workbook, which I'll link to in the show notes. You'll be amazed when you go back at the things that somehow magically happened. So 85% more sober has been really cool to watch in that way, but I do have a few updates. So One is that's probably one of the episodes I've had the most engagement on, and I've been really surprised by the number of people who told me that they've actually reconsidered their drinking based on that episode, which is so fun to watch. Two, um, I realized that by putting out this idea of exploring more sobriety, people really do meet you there. And so that example is I'll sometimes propose to people that we go to a happy hour, and because people have been listening to the podcast, they'll be like, hey, why don't we go on a walk instead? Or I'll say, hey, why don't we do happy hour or a walk? And someone will say, hey, let's just do the walk. I listened to your podcast. And so that lesson there is put stuff out in the universe and people will conspire to help you. And it has the benefit of helping them as well. I've dealt with a little bit of 
pain and sadness over letting go of my identity as a fun drinker. Um, I think the natural question is, well, why don't I just start drinking again? And there's still something really strong in me that says that that's not what I want to do, that I really do want to keep refraining from drinking for the most part. But I think I'm just processing the pain of letting go of like a fun partier and I'm just riding that wave. And then another update is I signed up for my first Daybreaker. So I mentioned Daybreaker in the episode, but I'm going with my friends and I will report back. So Daybreaker, in case you're not familiar, is a yoga and dance party. And it's really about community building, but it's also about having a sober place to engage in these activities. And full disclosure, I've been practicing dancing (laughs) in my apartment, not like choreographed dancing, just practicing loosening up because I figure if I can't be loose by myself in my apartment, I probably am not going to be loose in public. So that's really awkward, but that's happening is me dancing by myself in front of my mirror. (laughs) And then the last piece of the puzzle in terms of the sober episode is this idea that I was talking about with a friend recently, which is my body has been accustomed to getting a dopamine hit of pleasure from drinking for years now. And there's been an adjustment period more so than I mentioned in the episode since it's happened primarily after that episode was recorded and aired. But Basically, what my friend mentioned was this idea that my body is now fully responsible for producing the same level of happiness and contentment and joy that alcohol used to provide in my life. And so that is the tough part of reducing your alcohol consumption or reducing your TV watching or reducing your spending is now you have to find natural hits of pleasure. And it can be tough. It's definitely an adjustment period. It's been a transition. And so just putting that out there is if you have reduced your alcohol consumption and you're struggling, that's normal. And it was really helpful for me, for my friend to remind me that it was normal. The next episode is peakcoaching.co slash seven. And that is game-changing financial questions with Erica and Jordan. And that was an awesome episode. I love talking about money. I actually have another money episode coming out soon. Uh, They give awesome book recommendations. They give really tangible exercises for aligning your money with your values. And so I just recommend that everybody take a listen to that episode if money is on your mind. You got money on your mind. And um, go through that exercise of really going through every single expense and making sure that it's really in line with your values and making sure that it's really setting yourself up for the kind of success that you want to see in your life. Then we have peakcoaching.co slash eight. And that was the listener question. So I answer some questions about my top book recommendations, my morning routine, quotes that I love, and how to figure out how to delegate time to different projects, whether or not you're running a business. And gotten some awesome responses from that. I also talk about waste reduction and zero waste. And so I've had people reach out about the different environmental things that they're going to be doing within their lives based on that episode. And I saw a post on LinkedIn from somebody who I recommended deep work to. So that's one of my top five book recommendations within the episode. And she absolutely loved deep work and was just raving about it. So that was so fun to see. Lastly, as of the recording of this episode, the final podcast that's been published is peakcoaching.co slash nine, and that's Practicing Compassionate Communication with Pat Bevan. And that was single-handedly the scariest episode for me to put out in the world, and at the same time, one of the most personally 
beneficial ones for me. So it's about nonviolent communication. And it's essentially a lifestyle, a way of communicating more effectively so that you're reducing conflict and you're increasing the likelihood that somebody will want to help you meet your needs through strategies. So the reason that I was so self-conscious about putting that episode out is because it really, it starts with a story about the massacre at Virginia Tech. And in the episode, Pat says that she thinks it's really important to feel compassion towards people who commit acts of violence. And I actually strongly, strongly agree with that. And I know that a lot of people have the reaction that we should never have compassion, we should never have empathy, and that we should, um, gosh, I'm struggling with my words, but I think condemn people who commit acts of violence. And I think Pat makes a really, really beautiful point in the episode, which is you can both punish and feel compassion. And we talk about this in life coaching all the time is you can both love and set boundaries and you can both love and decide not to have a relationship with someone. And so often we think that loving is rewarding the other person. But if you think of love as something that only exists within you, then you're a lot more apt to feel love than resentment and hate because love feels a lot better. And if you recognize the fact that you can love and punish, it's a really beautiful way to think of things. So if that doesn't resonate with you, I just encourage you to kind of sit with it for a little bit. And the example that I always use is a parent. So I think we see this in parenting really, really beautifully. We see a parent who both loves their child fully and compassionately and unconditionally at the same time that they're issuing a punishment or a boundary to their child. So if you can take that philosophy of a parent and apply it to us as a society and us as citizens of the world, I think really beautiful things can happen. So I encourage you to ask yourself, how can I love unconditionally at the same time that I'm not condoning someone's actions. So I love this question. I think it's a really, really interesting point and it moves me pretty deeply. So I started crying on that episode. <laughs> Lastly, I wanted to give myself a little bit of constructive feedback on things I could have done better throughout the season so far. So one thing that has been on my mind since day one is having a diverse guest pool. And I have not done an amazing job with this. It's something that I think about often. And I've been balancing this desire to have people that I feel really comfortable with and have intimate knowledge of their stories already. And I know that we're going to have a really good, deep, powerful, intimate conversation that feels really natural to me and to them and to the listener. And a byproduct of that has been that I have not had as much diversity as I would like. So it's something that I feel embarrassed about and something that's absolutely on my mind. Um, I will be addressing it more fully in season two. And I just want to put that out there as, as an acknowledgement that it's something I think is really important. Um, and I've been balancing it against my other values and my other priorities. So I'll leave that one there. 
So that is everything that's happened in season one so far, and I hope that you've been enjoying it. Really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And I think that each guest did a really, really great job of having a solid call to action within their episode. So I highly encourage listening back and following those calls to action, but I wanted to add in a few more questions that might be helpful for you today. So one is, what emotion can you choose on purpose that's not comfortable? What would you gain by choosing to feel that emotion? What are you not creating in your life, whether it's an actual tangible creation or whether it's a big goal, big project, what are you not creating that you could create if you were willing to feel that emotion on purpose? And then what strategic byproducts might you see if you decided to go full force on one of your dreams? With that... I will leave you. So let me know if you have any insights on any of those questions. And you're always welcome to reach out to me. Hello at peakcoaching.co. That's P-I-Q-U-E. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Peak Podcast. Your support helps this podcast grow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is so much appreciated. And I will see you on the next episode.